Following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Welcome to the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. Thanks so much for tuning in on your Sunday morning. And by the way, we realized we should have wished you a happy Resurrection Sunday last week if we were neglectful. So apologize for that oversight. Hope you had a good one. Hope you didn't stuff yourself too full of chocolate, because I know that's what uh, Resurrection Sunday is all about, is eating chocolate bunnies and uh, colored eggs and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, today we're talking about egalitarianism and complementarianism. Which one's right? What's the Bible say? Here to tackle that subject is Daniel Rasvi and David Forsey, both pastors at house churches in the area. David's church is on the south end of Frederick County, and the Rasvi's church is on the north end of the county. Uh, the Razzie family also has a ministry called Conquered by Love Ministries. They have a website, conqueredbylove.org. And uh, I'm Troy Skinner. My church is Household of Faith in Christ. And we have a website, uh, householdoffaithinchrist.com, um, householdoffaithinchrist.com. Uh, so this has been, we've been tackling some kind of hot issues, and some of them are definitely issues within the church, like Civil War kinds of fights. And we talk about the Revoice Movement that uh, is still continuing to percolate and be a problem within uh, the PCA, the Presbyterian Church of America, which is a a relatively conservative denomination, is uh, is doing the best they can to beat back the Revoice uh, Movement. And so it's causing issues there. Uh, there's been huge splits in the in the church uh, worldwide over you know the homosexual ordination question and those sorts of things. Well, one of the things that doesn't get quite as much attention because it's not as spectacular an issue, but boy, it's more often than not the the real life practical feet on the street kind of question is, you know, the role for women in the church versus the role of men in the church. Um, and Beth Moore was a pretty high profile name, uh, you know, woman uh, author who's written a whole bunch of Christian books that have been parts of Bible studies for years and years. Uh, by the way, I've never been a big fan of her books for Bible studies. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on that, but as a quick aside, I almost always found that she got to the right place in what she taught, but I couldn't agree with how she got there. I felt like she really misused Scripture, took stuff out of context to prove her point, and it's like you could have made the same point scripturally. You didn't have to make that point by abusing the text, you know. So I was never a huge Beth Moore fan anyway, but she's now left the Southern Baptist Convention uh, because of this question, because people were offended that she was preaching in churches, that she was leading Bible studies that had men in them apparently or something like that. I don't know. So what do you guys think about that question? Should men only preach? Can women preach? Can women lead churches? Can they be elders? There's no question and there's no room for debate. The Bible makes it very clear. Women should not be pastors. There's several verses that speak very explicitly on that topic. It's as clear as the verses that speak on... But what if the Lord spoke to the woman? There's plenty of examples of women being prophets. (laughs) But in a church setting, the preaching... No, I I prayed about it and the Lord told me. Did you you pray about stealing that (laughs) piece of bread and and God told you to do that? (laughs) Really, that, I'm just saying these are the kinds of things yeah. that, you know. But that's, but that's where it, what it comes down to, right? Either God's word is true or it's not. And some quote-unquote word you have from God cannot contradict Scripture. If it does, then you didn't get the word from God. But what if they're really gifted and talented? 
They're excellent communicators. They're strong exegetes to scripture, except on maybe this one issue. <laughs> except on this one issue. <laughs> there, there, there really isn't any any room for d- d- discussion on it. I mean, obviously we're having a discussion, but there's no there's no way that you can read scripture and come up with the idea that in a church setting, particularly a corporate worship setting where you're gathering together of believers on a regular basis to learn and be edified by scripture and, and teaching. Um, you can certainly make certain arguments about other contexts for um, preaching the gospel or for uh, giving a prophecy or something like that or a testimony. But as far as the sermon or, you know, if you want to call it that, there, Paul doesn't really leave any room for debate on the topic. It says, I suffer not a woman to teach or to usurp authority over a man. And another verse says, let the women be silent in the churches. That's pretty clear. Now, what about that, Priscilla? Didn't she teach a man? Yes. Not in the church, though. She did. And that, that's the thing. is, if you, if, There's plenty of places, right? Hilkiah was, the, was a prophetess. Um, Deborah was a prophetess. Um, Deborah was a judge. Deborah was a judge. She was a leader. leader. She was a leader. And men, women, women can't lead. Only men can lead. What women, about Deborah? Women, women can lead. That's, that's <laughs> an example, right? De- Deborah. Um, you have Anna, the prophetess. You have the four daughters of this man that pro- prophesied. Uh, I forget his name, but um, he had four daughters that prophesied. It was in the end of Acts. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's plenty of room for women to, to be edifying other believers, particularly groups of women, but even just in general. It, does, it doesn't say Priscilla taught uh, Apollos. It says Priscilla and Aquila taught pa- Apollos. So it was a joint effort. They basically had them, had them into their house and, and discussed with him scripture. Uh, it was not a sermon that, that she was giving alone by herself. Um, but that was back then. The culture was so different. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know what homosexuals really even were, much less these gender roles for men and women, you know. Yeah. And we've, we've come such a long way. And, right, but, you know, but you're assuming that men wrote the Bible. But that was just the patriarchy at the time trying to keep the women down. Right, so, so God didn't have anything to do with it? He was uh, accommodating to their uh, sinful nature. Well, there you go. So if that's the... And obviously, we know Troy doesn't actually agree with any of these things he's been saying. He's been, he's been uh, you know, used, playing devil's advocate. But, yeah, that's, that's, that is, it is something people we struggle with in, in our society. People uh, believe this, that they believe, oh, well, that was for another time and another, another place. But see, God's word doesn't change. God is the same. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ, it also says, was slain before the foundation of the world. God is outside of time. He saw now as much as he saw 2,000 years ago when those words were written down. But no more Jew or Greek, no more male, female. Come on. It's true. Spoken by the same God. In what what context? (laughs) What about deacons, more seriously? Well, I guess you have to define deacon. Okay. How do you define deacon? Um, someone who's helping out in the church, like a volunteer, I guess, um, more specifically to help the congregation with um, more practical serving type of roles rather than um, in uh, discipling the congregation and rather than um, going out and preaching the gospel. Uh, but specifically, the act of a deacon would be to, like, as as the apostles tried to denigrate it by saying, 
oh, we don't have time to wait tables. <laughs> that's, that's what they said in order to make the deacons, right? So it's waiting tables is the example they gave, and I think they were kind of being facetious by saying I that. I know there are some church, and the reason you're asking about, probably I'm guessing you're asking about how you define it, there are some church traditions where different denominations and stuff, the deacon is, uh, is an authoritative ruling position within right. that particular and church. I think- and I would, I would say that role should be called elder, <laughs> But they yeah, call right. it deacon is why you're defining it sure. yes, for the definition. And, yeah. So women should not be elders. You could make a case, uh, depending on how you define the terms, that women could be deacon, maybe. Uh, it really depends on how you define the terms, right? Because if, it, if the role involves teaching in the church context, then to, to teaching yeah, I, well, men, I would say, well, then that's probably not. How do you get you in on this a little bit? What do you... Uh, how, how, do you, how are you defining those? How do you understand the Bible to speak to elders, deacons, and men and women roles and those things? Um, I think, I, I think the, the right foundation is to, to understand that, you know, God has made men and women different for, for different roles. Um, I think, you know, just the the physical differences between women men and women bear bear witness to that women can bear children and men cannot uh you know men are are built for doing um by the way more fit- us back to last week's show but were you <laughs> present for last week's show men can have babies now <laughs> so they say if you redefine the word man then sure yeah uh so i think i think the you know i i think the the outward physical differences um bear witness to the fact that there are that that the that the different roles that god has for men and women um go into into all areas of life and um uh, relationships um and so even you know so that even within the church um you know and 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 part of the reason for the different roles is to remind us it, it is is not always necessarily that you know that men and you know a particular man and a particular woman are are always going to be better at certain tasks than that other other person because that's not always true uh part of the reason for the the differences in roles is because uh is is to put that the, the distinctions on display and, and to give a picture of how god is and how christ is with the church yes right right and and so to always put that on display even if um even if it's put on display awkwardly it is better to to right and 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 you can find a man to put in a position of authority that would be better than putting another man in that position of authority that would probably do a bad job meaning there there's times when the man is in authority and uh, right. and it should be a man but you can probably find a much better one for that position um i mean the people bring up deborah a lot 
it's, it's, it's always curious. The same people that bring up Deborah are usually the people that want to throw out the rest of the Old Testament as not applicable to Christians uh, in, in today's society at all. Um, but Deborah is actually not an example of, a, of how a woman should be a leader, but rather of how a woman should not be a leader. It actually proves the opposite point that the feminist tries to make by bringing up Deborah. Because what did Deborah say to, um, was it Barack? Mm-hmm. Um, she said, you know, you got to go lead this battle. And he's like, well, I'm only going if you come with me because, you know, I'm a little scared and you're a woman of God and all that. And she's like, you know, that's going to be shameful, right? That's going to be a bad thing, not a good thing, that I'm leading this battle. I'll do it. This is what the, the what I'm called to do, and there's nobody else that will step up and be, and be God. I, I, but it's it's a bad thing. And what we're going to remember by this is that a woman did this. And that's actually a shameful thing, not, a, not a, a, an honorable thing. Um, and so I think when people bring up Deborah, and is, you know, yes, that's an example of a woman that, that happened to be the judge of Israel. Okay, sure. Um, and and nothing, nothing in the Bible says that a woman can't be a judge. But you're, you're right. God's purpose and design is, is generally for the men to be in the leadership roles. Not just in the church, but just in society at large. That's that's the way God designed, and He got, designed us with certain desires. Women will naturally gravitate towards more nurturing roles and occupations if they were in the workplace, and men into more leadership type of roles. By and large, there's exceptions. Obviously, we, we talked about that, but and it's not again to echo point. It's not because men are better uh, always, or even just in general. It's not mm-hmm. because it's not because the person in leadership is better. And right. the, then the, the, there's just different roles. You know, I've used this analogy, you know, what's more important, you know, the steering wheel or the brakes? You know, they're, they're both important. You know, on a football team, what's yep. more important, the left tackle or the right guard? Well, they're, they're both important. You, got, you know, if then you have Paul a baseball team with multiple first basemen, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> you know? and, and Paul uses that analogy with the buddy, right? The eye should not say to the hand, you have right. no part of me. And to be honest, one of the real problems uh, that this has caused for the church, uh, the broader church, is that if you go back to the curse in Genesis chapter 3, you know, the, uh, the, the sin with the forbidden fruit and stuff, uh, Adam ad- abdicates his leadership role, and Eve is all too happy to kind of take on a leadership role. And it's kind of part of the curse now, too, is that the, uh, the, the men... Our sinfulness, we shy away from the leadership that's been foisted upon us. We need we need to not this let is, men off the hook. This is kind of the Deborah story, right? Mm-hmm. Barack is he should have been leading, but he shrinks away, and that's not a good thing for the man. It's not a good for, thing for the woman. It's not a good thing for society. It's not a good thing for the church. Men need to be held to account to do what they've been called to do. They need to lead, and then too often we've got the question is stops at the pulpit. Like, oh, we need to have male elders, a male pastor. We need to have male leaders. We don't have men who are spiritually leading their homes. They're not, you know, doing uh, devotionals with their children or praying with their wife or they're not doing anything. And they're not, they're not leaders in the culture around them in society at the workplace or whatever, doing their jobs with excellence and, 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 and leading by example. They're not, we have a bunch of milk toast men 
And this has been reinforced in the church, and it gets reinforced even more when we say, oh, well, man, you don't even have to preach anymore. You don't have to be the elders. And there are churches where the entire leadership is women. Mm-hmm. All of their pastors and, and right. elders, if they have those titles, are women. All their deacons are women. Their office secretary is a woman. Their, I mean, their, their children's ministry leader is a woman. Like, if you look at, go to some churches' websites, and they've got like 15 people listed there that are quote-unquote leadership, and they're all female. Holy cow. I mean, I guess they're Deborah's. I don't know. But letting the men off the hook and the women, they desire to take on that responsibility. So it's, right. it's asking so, a lot for the man to step into leadership, and we need to ask him to do it. And it's asking a lot of the woman to not step into that void when the, when the man fails to, and we need to ask them to do it. So we're asking both the man and the woman to do something that's hard. The woman to not step in and the man to step in. And then it's gotten even worse right. with the feminization then, of the music that we listen to at church. And most men feel very uncomfortable in a lot of the churches now. It's like a sissy fest. Well, that's the, that's the thing, right, is it was the fact that Deborah was the judge over Israel was a sad reflection on the society at the time that there were no men that were man enough to be the judge. That was, that was the, whole, the, the, whole, the whole thing about that. So not it, not necessarily a sin that she was committing by being the judge. There just were no men that were willing or able to take on that. Now, what role. about outside the church? Is it okay to have to to work for a female boss? Is it okay that Frederick County has a female uh, county executive? Well, the. Uh, You'd be hard-pressed to find very many Bible verses that specifically talk about women in leadership roles outside the church or outside the home as far as being a bad thing necessarily or a sin necessarily. But does that mean it's God's best plan for society? No, it's not God's best plan for society. Um, like Kind of like the verse what Jesus said, you know, you can divorce, but, I mean, God wants a man and a woman for life. And Jesus gives some examples where with maybe a divorce might, depending on your interpretation of the passage, might be acceptable or not sinful. But he follows that up by saying, from the beginning it was not so, right? So just because there's examples where, say, Deborah, and it said she was a prophetess, she was clearly following the Lord, God gave her the victory. So it was, she wasn't living in sin by being a judge, but God's better plan would have been for Barack to lead the uh, troops or, or whatever um, to, have, to have a man in that role. So I think there are, having a, uh, a man in a leadership role is actually God's purpose and design. That doesn't mean that there's never going to be an, an exception to that. I think within the context of the church, there really shouldn't ever be an exception to that because uh, the Bible makes it very clear that's where the commandment comes. There's not really a commandment given for women may not be in leadership roles and society at large. They may not be. The, and there's plenty of examples of women queens leading the, leading the uh, um, that seem to be pretty godly people leading the, the, the people in general. Um, but again, even the king, and the, even the king, let alone a queen, that wasn't God's plan or design either for Israel. He's like, hey, you want a king? I'll give you a king, but it's a bad idea. And then God still blessed David. He blessed Solomon regardless. So just because God has a better plan and men chose to go somewhere else with it, that doesn't mean you won't receive blessings from God at all. Uh, and he, he's not going to work to make that situation a positive thing in the end if, if there are saved individuals that are doing that. 
but there are if you follow God's lead from the beginning, then then it's going to be all around a better situation. It occurs to me. I don't know that I. Uh, if you said it and I didn't hear it, I apologize. Did Did you uh, share your view on uh, female deacons, David? Um, I think there are. Uh, I think there there are functionally roles in the in the church for for women that are deacon type roles um and and i you know and i would say from my from my understanding of the passages that talk about um deacons i i don't know the i i don't know that the 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 ordination of deacons as far as scripture itself talks about is uh is like a huge deal um you know it's like a big a big big show and a big thing um you know you're you're selecting people to serve the church in particular ways and as those needs arise not like right and they and they and they need to be you know honorable people and you know in their character and um you know having have demonstrated faithfulness and all of that and some of those some of those things that you will need people to do it, it like women should be doing them you know as as pertains to ministering to women and things like that um so yeah i i i think that the issue is probably that uh that the church some traditions have made a much bigger deal of the title of deacon than than they should have and it's made it's made things awkward yeah so maybe we should take just a half a second and and clarify how we're defining our terms uh, with the distinction between elders and deacons you know generally speaking elder pastor are pretty much interchangeable terms and the the elder and the pastor they're responsible for the the spiritual headship of of that congregation they're making leadership decisions for the spiritual health of that body that's that's been uh, assigned to them or brought to them by God that, so they can serve as under shepherds uh, to Christ who is the good shepherd uh, and, 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 so they, and and what I would say would you know in the home is is the function of the the husband the father right so the the pastor the elder has to take care of the teaching and the spiritual direction and those sorts of things and and that's ultimately what the church is mostly about and so the leadership decisions are spiritual questions and the elders should be handling those then we talk about the felt needs somebody you know the orphans and widows need to be cared for or you know, um, somebody suddenly has no food to eat and you have to meet those needs. That's when the need for the deacons arises in Scripture because the elders are busy, you know, praying for the people and teaching and handling all the leadership responsibilities. You know, as important as taking care of the orphans and widows is, we don't have time for that. It'll distract from what we really need to be focusing on. Somebody else needs to do that so the deacons can do that. So it's not really a leadership role per se, Right. I mean, there's some organization and leadership that has to take place for that to happen well. And so, and there seems to be some example in the scripture where there, and, and, there's some room maybe for women to and be there, deacons, and there or there's be, not room well, for The only examples given, though, are men, right? And Acts 6 is what the passage we're talking about. And that's really the only part where, where it talks about that. And it says they appointed these, I think, seven different men. One of which was Stephen, one of which was Philip, and both Stephen and Philip, Stephen died shortly after, and Philip went 
off somewhere preaching, so maybe he wasn't a deacon yeah, any longer. Yeah, you talk about the institution of the of the the office of deacon happens there. One thing we got, I, I feel like we need, want to be careful about is Acts is uh, is a book of the Bible that uh, I think it's better for us to approach it as being something that's more more on the descriptive side than on the prescriptive side. Right. And so we can't just take something that happened in Acts and, and make that normative for the entire church for all time. Right. It's different than like Romans, you know, which is clearly uh, meant to be, oh, I just got a flash which tells me that we're running overtime. So we're going to wrap up this show. I, I lost track of the time. So we're going to awkwardly wrap right. this up in the middle of a thought. I, I thought we had like an extra minute and a half and we don't. So you've been listening to the, the faith debate. This is uh, Troy Skinner. Awkwardly ending the show, Daniel Rasby and uh, David Forsey, thank you for being on the show. Find us online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Till next week, God bless.